Hello, this is Holy Truth, and this is your host, Ryan the Evangelist. Hello, this is Ryan the Evangelist, and thank you so much for tuning in and just sharing the gospel with you all. And we are talking about a big, big subject today. This is Addiction, Saints, Assassin, Part 3. And I'm super excited to be sitting here with my brother in Christ, Richard. He's a, an amazing Christian, and just watching each other grow and building each other up in Christ is what we're called to do. And it's a big subject because people have a lot of misconceptions on what um, addiction is. And that is one big, big thing. So when we are struggling with addiction, it is a big, it's a big problem. And it's one that it needs to be addressed. And it's suffering so many people right now, especially in America, and especially in Europe, mainstream Europe. That's a big one where addiction is. And... Wherever addiction is, we need to set the core of where it is and change it for that individual and, and re, re, uh, re, rebuild what has been broken. So today's verse of the day comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be misled by a bad company and corrupts good character. That is so true. So I hope you can reflect on that. If you got your Bibles, we do that again. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. We're going to be in and around that whole entire chapter. So I hope you enjoy this segment, and it is Addiction, Saints Assassin, Part 3. And I'm Ryan the Evangelist, and I will be back. Hello, this is Ryan the Evangelist. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And wherever you get your podcasts, I'm available on Google Podcasts, on iTunes Podcasts, uh, Radio Public Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, I am there with this ministry. And it's not power of the power of God. There is no self-glorification here. We are specifically telling the truth. That is why my ministry is called Holy Truth. We accept the Bible for everything that it is. Yes, the word is holy, but we should keep it holy and not to keep dividing it and trying to figure out what feels good to ourselves. So I'm here with my cousin and Richard. He's an amazing person. He's my brother in Christ. He's more than a cousin. He's a brother in Christ to me. We build each other up. We always pray together and just do so many things for the glorification of God. And it's a beautiful thing because there's not very many uh, Christians that I've, I've seen just blossom as much as he has. It's an amazing thing. So today is a Q&A. It's going to be a little bit different. It's not a sermon, which you all, you ever, everyone is listening, used to listening to. So pretty much what we're going to be doing today is just a question and answer. So it's basically like an interview format. It's not like my normal sermons, and so we're going to get to the truth, and this podcast is all about the truth, and John 8, I think it's believe is John 8, chapter 3, or verse 31, is the truth will set you free, and we and those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are free indeed, so that's kind of what that whole, our whole entire ministry, my whole entire ministry is about, so I'm here with Richard. Hey, you guys, this is Richard, it's an honor being on this podcast right now, it's my first time doing this. Um, we're doing this by being spirit-led right now, so I just hope you guys have um, an, a good understanding of what it is and can relate to what I'm about to explain to you guys about having these addiction problems. Um, when I think of addictions, I think many things. I think that could be um, sexual morality. It could be just, you know, you smoking marijuana. Um, it could be drugs, yes. It could be it could be anything, but like 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 Ryan said earlier in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 33, you don't be deceived, for evil company does corrupt good habits. So if we're around that a lot, you're going to most likely be you're going to want to do it because you're around it and, and it's going to like motivate you to probably, you know, give it a shot and give it a try again. 
So it's really important to keep like your eyes and your wherever you're at your company that are doing those type of things away from you. Um, because you will be, it's a trap and you're just, you're just running into a trap. And even though you think you might be able to control it, I don't care how strong you are. Just the fact that you being around it is going to tempt you to go do it. Um, so. Amen, brother. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Richard, for that. And if you don't mind, these are questions that there's a lot of misconceptions about addiction. Would you, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I, I see this in the church so many times that unfortunately there's a lot of Christians that forgive on Sunday and they go back to drinking Monday and Friday. Absolutely. And it says in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 11, Woe to those that rise early for their drinks. And mm-hmm. so I had a friend of mine, actually, and that was a Christian, and he basically was trying to say because that because the disciples drank wine that they were, it's okay to drink. And that, that's his own inner demon trying to pervert scripture. Mm-hmm. And that is a big problem because that's his inner demons making him see scripture differently. Uh, when, when you say that. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are doing that in the churches now. And, and it's so sad because, you know, they actually believe that they're going to be set free if they're if they do it every now and then or it, they try to make it OK by picking out pieces of the scripture and making their own philosophy about it. That is not what God has called us to do. We do not. We were not the ones that go ahead and try to change the words of the Bible. The word is the, what will set you free. You need to abide by it exactly as it says. And so I understand it's hard at first. Yes. But once you begin to take that first step and begin to like just submit to God and change, you, I promise you, you begin to see a new life when you come to Christ. And yeah, you're right. Absolutely. The church has been completely misleading them. And that's why discernment is so important to tell wolf from a sheep. Um, like Ryan said, because many people try to act like it's okay, but we know the truth. And so I just, I just very sad right now. So we're trying to like, let you guys know what it is you need to know uh, to be set free from this bondage. If you're still struggling with it. Well, and yeah. And another thing, I'm sure you probably understand this, that a lot of teenagers are being misled and led astray by pop culture and society. And in fact, Almost 1,500, 1,500, 1,500 car crashes a week from underage drinking. That is a staggering amount of people that is suffering from addiction. And 33% of teens have had, have had multiple drinks within a week. They shouldn't even be able to get a hold of alcohol. In fact, there is a rampant of orphans that are uh, the heroin orphans in this country right now. Mm. There's hundreds in the United, in the United States alone. And tell, uh, I know you were suffering from drug addictions. Um, yeah. And tell me, there's a lot of people that think, oh, if I do it one time, I'm good. I'm not addicted. I, we want to get to the bottom of it. Is When did you feel that you were becoming addicted? I felt really when I was becoming addictive is when, you know, once you do it that first time, you might be okay, but then once you do it a second time, a third time, it starts to lead to that next again and again and again. And I started to get really addicted when I was just getting depressed. And I was wondering, you know, life is just, it really made me depressed. Although it was a short-term gratification of like, you know, some sort of fun every now and then. Yeah, I would use it for that. It was a recreational drug I was doing. But I figured out that eventually it was causing me to be depressed. And I was just stressing out and I couldn't figure it out. 
Um, so I never went to the word, the, the Bible. I kept trying to figure out that this would be my coping mechanism. I would go to this drug to um, try to just start thinking about the bad things. But it would only be temporarily. Um, so really, you guys, like, you don't want to run to something that's just going to... I'm telling you now, it'll only be worse. And so it's a bondage. And um, it, it's a chemical... It's actually a part of the... It's, it's the brain. It's a chemical reaction that, the, that you get from the um, whatever type of breed it is. If you're smoking marijuana, you're, everybody reacts differently off these things. Um, but for example, many that I know are reacting the same way as I, and they don't get off of it. They continue to just keep going and, and then they have a, then they have a bondage and now they have to figure out how to stop. And that's the, it's tough. You guys, I got to tell you that it is hard to get off that. Even if it's marijuana, it's very hard. I was doing cocaine. I was doing all sorts of drugs and it just only led to another drug. It just leads to another. Absolutely. And that's what in modern, even modern psychologists even agree that there is actually what's called gateway drugs. And alcohol smoking is all gateway drugs. Mm -hmm. And it leads to one thing and another thing and another thing. Pretty soon you're bonded, bonded by the shackles of addiction. Mm -hmm. And that's why this podcast episode that we're talking about is addiction, Satan's assassin. It truly is Satan's assassin. Oh, yeah. uh, I think of First Peter chapter 5. That the saying himself roams around the earth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he shall be devoured. Right. And you were almost devoured. Oh, absolutely. I, was, I actually was devoured. He actually had um, taken captive of my mind. I wasn't in control of myself no more. The drugs actually, if you think about it, talk to you. It's not just you think of many things. And you guys got to remember, if you're going to come to Christ and try to begin to have this new life of yours, don't be deceived. Like, for example, in Romans chapter 8, 13, he says, For if you live according to your old nature, you will, be, you will certainly die. But if you put to death the practices of the body by the Spirit, you will certainly live. And that's why it's so important to remember, the one that is in you is greater than the one in this world. But if you're going to be doing things like that, which are like hallucinogens or, or, or psychedelics, whatever it is, you're not you're not actually doing what God called you to do. You're actually still falling short by having this bondage and this 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 way of thinking. Um, and it's not of God. It's completely of the devil. And he's just laughing and mocking us because he knows he got us. So you got to figure we have to be set free from this. It's so important. You can't be a Christian and, 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 and think that you're actually going to be OK if you have this problem. It's so important to be set free. It's very vital. Amen, brother. Absolutely. And. I feel that some some people have a lot of misconceptions about addiction, and that's what the sad the sad thing is. I mean, yeah, it's a lifelong battle. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And one one thing for sure is, sadly, addiction can be a false strength. Mm -hmm. uh, did you feel uh, feel any? empowerment when you were on those drugs or like what were the type of things that you got from them like i said it just felt like for a moment i was just had a temporary relief from the grief i was having in this world i was suffering inside and i didn't ever come to god so i did it you know as a anybody else in the world would and i was trying to figure out how can i substitute like this pain how can i figure out how to just have a little bit of release from it and that's how i did it but then it would only get worse it ended up building up and snowballing like it just avalanched down on me and it just got to a point where I had to call out on God. And, and, and then it was it's not like it happens overnight. You guys, you don't just get set free overnight. You can be reborn again, but it's a process to let this to to just renew your mind. So you really you guys got to remember, like you, you really have to diligently seek him, uh, pray every day. You have to be with the people that are actually 
who are struggling with this and want to stop too, because you can't do it by yourself. I, I'm going to tell you that it's it's harder than you. You cannot do it by yourself. You need a group of people who are willing to as well. And you know, just joining a program, take that next step. That's what God wants you to do. Take that next step. And if you're willing to do that, He's willing to do. He's willing to set you free. Amen. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. We have a strength in the Lord Jesus Christ that is unmeasurable to those drugs. Mm-hmm. As it says in Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Mm-hmm. Those drugs are going to make you faint. Amen, yep. Just like anyone here, those dr- dr- drugs and smoking, they make your body physically ill. They make you tired. You're the body of Christ. You're built in the Lord's image. Mm-hmm. So everything that you're doing is corrupting the body. That's what Satan wants. That's why it, it really is Satan's assassin, because... It kills you spiritually. And that's what the Bible is talking about, spiritual death. It mentions that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Now, was there a moment in your life that you knew that that death was coming? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that death was coming. It, it built up, like I said. It just slowly but for surely started to build up into this snowball. And it just got to a point where I was on the edge of suicidal thoughts. And my God, was it hard? God, God, thank God every day because he pulled me out of that darkness and he still showed me the love he has for me. I thought, I, th- I didn't think it was gonna, he was going to even hear that prayer. But you guys have to see, like, the devil is very enticing. He's very tricky. I mean, look how he got, you know, Adam and Eve. I mean, look how he got Eve. He was very enticing with the apple. It's very enticing to go look at that, that marijuana, whatever it is. It might smell right to you. You might want to just do it one more time. It's enticing. He wants you to fall short. He wants you to go take that next step to the wrong direction. He wants to take captive of your mind. It's so important. Remember what God says in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Um, lean not into that understanding, um, but you know, you just acknowledge God in all your ways, and he shall direct your paths. You guys have to seek him. You have to truly want to like be more like him. You have to want to be more... You guys got to take that next step, really. You really do. And it's hard. To, I know it's hard to, but if you have a group of people who are willing to, you can be set free from this. So, yes, it, it, it made me think of suicidal thoughts. It was very hard. And another thing, you were about to be a part of this number. From 1999 to 2017, more than 70,200 people have died from drug overdoses in yeah. the United States alone. Yeah, that it's is going up. It's going up even higher. That's probably not even an up-to-date status Mm -hmm. there's people that commit suicide on a daily basis can you imagine if the newspaper tried to uh tell about all those stories about those teen suicides or that teen committing overdoses or that 20 year old dying they don't want to talk about that i mean we were one of them we truly were too i mean we were we were on that list and the stats oh yeah they are they every year it's getting worse that tells you something exactly and and isaiah even says that multiple times that when the day comes, believe me, it's not going to be good. And it's and the warning signs are all around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, several people mock that I, that that the warnings are not are they're not irrelevant, but they are. We're seeing it all the time. Just uh, look at high schools. I know it's so bad now. And now, what you say that there's some parents that would say to you that you're just hanging around with you're hanging out with the wrong kids and oh yeah. So, but it's the whole school that's the wrong kids now. It's just come to a point where everybody is propaganda, conspiracy. Everybody's promoting this horrible, toxic behavior, and we're all falling for it. So 
So I understand it's going to be so much more harder for you to not want to do it because everyone's doing it now. And they're actually promoting it, saying it's okay. I mean, look at the dispensaries two years ago that just came out. Oh, I know. Now we're promoting it. Now we're selling it. And they're, they're selling it to the whole country. It's illegal. Yep. Two years ago, it wasn't legal, you guys. That's when I was doing it. I had to find it all over, you know, and I was searching for it. But, I mean, come on. It just shows where we're headed. Destruction. Now, uh, this is a truly beautiful part in Richard's life. When did you feel revived by the Holy Spirit of God? <laughs> the day I cried out to God. The day I got on my knees and I just said, Lord, I've done wrong. I've just, I admitted to God everything that I had done, which was wrong and wicked. And I knew, and I didn't think he heard me that night, but he happened to just revive me, take out the heart of stone, replace it with the heart of flesh as I was sleeping. And when I woke up, tears of joy, I was jumping around, skipping around the house and just singing to the Lord. And I was so shocked that the Lord had revived me and, and put in me a new, a, a brand new, oh, clean spirit. I mean, God had saved me, but you have to submit and you. And when I mean submit, you have to actually want to have God in your life. I don't mean just say, Lord. Can you forgive me all these things? I mean, submit and say, God, I've done wrong. I've done all these things wrong in my life. And Lord, I'm willing to just, I'm, I'm so sick of this. And Lord, if you can change me, Lord, I pray right now. And I'll vow right now to serve you wholeheartedly and just focus on you. Absolutely. And see, what happened was there, Richard, is it is what Paul talks about in Romans 13 is that we, you have become a living, now a living sacrifice for God. Amen. That's what you're doing. Amen. And the Lord refine the fire, the fire in your heart for the Lord. Uh, tell me, and, and this audience is, how can you do you think is the best way for people to lose, to find the chains of addictions and then break them off with the power of Christ? How can we do that? It all starts with that first step. I mean, it, maybe you haven't taken that first step yet. Or maybe you haven't even just prayed to God yet. Maybe you haven't even opened your Bible yet. Once you begin to do that, that first step, if you show God that you're willing to take that first step, he will show you. And it, it all starts from there. The journey begins. But you have to show God that you really do want to seek him in all he does and everything. And then he will show you the love that he has for you. And that's when I began to start to see that God was working in me. So, Absolutely. And that's the thing is, as it says in First Corinthians, that to forgive others, the Lord, if we have to forgive ourselves, not just others, but right. then the Lord forgives us as well. Right. So, a lot. Can you, uh, if you feel free to, absolutely. What drove you to addiction? Was there a lot of pain in your life? What I there's always people saying that a lot of childhood trauma is involved with drug addiction. A lot of um, just a lot of bad things in childhood would cause those type of things or just pain in general oh yeah there's many things um a lot of people struggle with different things it could be something that their parents did to them when they were younger it could be maybe they were bullied in school um it could be just you know even you just being having bad grades in school and you thinking you're not going to be knowing when you graduate i mean i was i had all those things going on as well uh, but the one that really hurt me was the broken home I think many of us actually go through this where our parents split um, and you just, you know, you just happen to be a broken home and then you have a broken heart and you just don't know what's going on. You start to see the world differently. And the more you become older, the wiser you start to be and you start, you just see things differently. So like I said, you start to mature and you start to, I lost hope because of everything that was happening in my life. I had all of those going on. Um, and then, you know, just I just took the wrong step, the wrong direction and it was just getting worse and worse, but it did start with, um, 
a broken home, the one that really did hit me um, when my parents split. That really hurt my heart. I wasn't ready for that. I didn't see that coming the way it did. And it was like a surprise attack. Um, so I understand why a lot of people will probably go out there and try those things because they're not quite sure. You Maybe they think it's going to help them um, because I was one of them. But then you find out, the, I found out the hard way that it wasn't, and that was not the way this whole time. It was Christ. Absolutely. I hope that those that are listening to this are feeling that the Lord is calling to them to change their, what they're doing. And I'm going to take a small break. And we're going to be back with more questions in a little bit. And so it's a very powerful discussion that we're having and how to break these shackles and chains of addiction and saying assassin, what is addiction? And I hope you will all learn from this and I will be back in just a few. Hello, welcome back to Holy Truth. And this is Ryan the Evangelist and I hear, I'm here with my brother in Christ, Richard. Hello, you guys. And so it's such a wonderful thing that we're talking about today because yeah, it's scary, but in reality, we are sharing the true love of the Jesus Christ with you so that we can reprove you, as it says to do in Proverbs. So, one thing that we want to make clear is that with the power of Jesus Christ and the authority of the Christian, that is how we break the chains of addiction. So, go out, find a celebrate recovery group. Go out and find AA groups or some type of online forum with Christians in it or some place, just some place, so you're not just I. You're not isolated. That's what Satan wants. He wants you to be isolated from loving, uh, true Christians. And tell tell me, uh, Richard, is one thing. Did you feel isolated? Oh man, I was yes, very isolated all the time. I was always sequestered. I was in this area that was by myself. All the time when I and then it would just make things worse because what what happens when you're alone? We're thinking, we're contemplating Absolutely. day and night, and it's not usually good. Um, if you especially if all that stuff's going on in your life, so it just gets worse, you guys. You can't be by yourself. You have to be around positive influences. Your environment is huge. Who you surround yourself is who you surround yourself with is huge. That's why it says, "Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good good behaviors." So, like another thing is is. What I wanted to tell you guys about about bondage is sexual immorality, pornography. These things are so – it's a huge thing that's been taken. It's been promoted. It's all over the web. It's all over the phones. You know, you can you have free access. You can get to it anytime you want. And look, at God even says um, – he spoke to me because I had a problem with this as well, many problems, many bondages. And he said, do not be deceived for the sexual moral will not enter the kingdom of God. No. And now God even says, if you look at a girl or a guy, even if you're a woman looking at a guy, if you're lusting and thinking of negative things, you've already committed adultery in your heart, which yeah, is totally. the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit uh, adultery. So I think it's really important to remember it's not just drugs. It's not just a bad ways to think. It's actually pornography as well, which is the number one thing I believe in society and in the churches that us males and females are struggling with. Amen. Absolutely. And I think, would you say that some people, they're ashamed of their addiction. Mm -hmm. That's what's keeping them from letting go right. of it so that they don't need it. Because for so long, that's been the cornerstone of their life, that not Christ. Mm -hmm. And so even like for myself is when you meet somebody that is godly, and I know you're praying so hard for this to find somebody that's godly and that's equally yoked. Right. 
if you have somebody in your life and you're looking at pornography, you're looking at other girls or other guys, pretty soon is you're going to feel disgusted when you do so because you're you are you have a positive uh, bond with that individual, so you feel that person's name in your heart when right. you, when they when even when a, a female coworker is talking to me at work, I feel like I have to say that person's name so that they'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And we have to be so careful as Christian males because we are targeted all the time with uh, just sexual ads on just even on even on my Bible app on my Google Google. There's uh, ads for pornography mm-hmm. or ads that are sexually Ill- illiterate. Exactly. And I think it's very important. Like if you are like for me, example, I'm trying to find the woman of, um, in my life and that I, you know, of Christ. And I just know that for I had to conquer this. Literally, I had to become a conqueror because I knew if I didn't, it would be lust and it wouldn't be love. Absolutely. How, and then you're not even getting what you what you truly have been seeking and which I want love. I know what love is. God has shown me what love is in my life, and it's the best feeling in the world. But if I could show my wife and love her the way I love Christ, that's the biggest thing. I, that's the number one thing I want. The biggest gift from God is a wife that loves Christ. And you guys, it's really important to just like really, really be working on this one because if you don't admit it, like Ryan was saying, if you don't admit you have a problem, you're not gonna you're not gonna solve it. I guarantee it. And I didn't. The only reason I was able to actually solve this is at church. I went up to somebody that were they were praying over the people, and I admitted to him, "Look, sir, I need help. I'm actually struggling with this pornography and sexual morality." And he made a group for me, and I, it was just obviously God's will. And it, it happened to start up, and I got set free, all because I was willing to take that first step that and pivot. admit it. It's that pivot. Exactly. It's that pivot point because that's that pivot point when someone reaches out and says, "Hey, I need help." That's when you can plant the seeds of the Holy Spirit in that individual and pray for them. Pray, read, share scripture, even if it's a little tiny bit. Then they get, they're no longer receiving crumbs from people. Right. They're actually receiving a whole bread, the food of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that we can nourish our spirit is through the love of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not from the crumbs that are addiction. Right. And I think it's important also, like you have brothers or whoever it is, the sisters of Christ. Because like in um is it first Galatians uh, six four where he says don't um carry one another's burdens so that you may fulfill the laws of Christ. It's important to have those people in your life that are going to help you in, in the company that are going to help build you and sharpen you. Uh, because if you keep running back to the problem that God set you free from or at least got you away from, you're going to go back. You're going to have a relapse, and it's just gonna it's going to get worse. And then you're back at back in the beginning. So you have it's not an overnight thing. It's a process, just like any other addiction. But what, number one thing I would tell you, which would help it help me prevent everything, is do not be isolated. When this, when you're isolated, there comes your thoughts, and the enemy will throw in nasty, gross things that you're gonna not want to think about. But you happen to be, and you're lusting, mm-hmm. and that's not what we've called to do. Amen. Absolutely. And the thing though is, what I'm trying to tell young Christian men out there is, if you're pursuing a girl in the church, or you're pursuing um, somebody outside of the church. Get to know that person first. Mm-hmm. And because when you don't, you realize that this person is not an actual they're Christian, but what the person in my life says is they're a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a dead-on statement. And I always laugh when she says that because it is so true. And 
because you don't know it, what they're doing outside of church that's unclean. Right, exactly. Because the problem the problem is then you're bonded to that person. Mm-hmm. Very hard to break that spiritual love bond. Right. Even if there wasn't one. Right. And so when you don't have the four seasons of getting to know that individual because there's so many problems with just modern dating. Mm-hmm. Modern dating tells you, oh, three dates, then we can hook up. No. It's actually sexually immoral. So there's a lot of people that think that that's okay just hooking up. I see it in the church is where they're using modern dating strategies on Christian girls. And they're bragging about it. They're bragging about this stuff in churches, these these people who are in churches, you guys. So it's not like it just shows like how serious this topic is. It's really bad. I mean, absolutely. And I, and when we we are when a woman of God is praying for a godly husband or godly man in her life, when that finally happens, they're like, "Whoa, this person actually is reading the Bible." Because you can be in a, surrounded by like twenty guys, mm-hmm. and I'm talking from the girl's perspective. It's scary to you don't want to ask certain questions that will offend that individual because what it is is they're afraid to hurt that person that would uh, be a potential partner mm-hmm. because they don't want to ask them if they drink or they don't want to ask them those type of things but they need to be asked right and so that's why when you're date especially to the girls out there if you're like 17 18 19 20 these are the days you're trying to get to know yourself mm-hmm. not just yourself as a, a woman but as yourself what are you sexually attracted to right and God will show you these individuals that are who you're supposed to be with. And it's and men, vice versa, you're still learning about yourselves. I'm still learning about myself, and I'm 23 years old. Amen, same here. And so you're going to learn about that. I don't like what that person does. I That stuff just turns me off entirely from that person. Mm-hmm. Because what it is, it's actually not just you. It's actually God telling you, hey, this person's doing things that you don't know about. Yeah. And that's what integrity is. Integrity is what we do when we're by ourselves, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So what would be, what do you think as a young, young man yourself, mm-hmm. what would be the best steps to talking to a godly girl? Like what type of questions or even vice versa, the godly girl asking a guy, what would you ask that person of when they're in the, that first dating phase? Um, if you're in that first dating phase, I would ask her certain questions about, like, maybe even her family. I like to ask and get to know that person. Or what is your simple questions, really? Like, what is your thoughts about God? Tell me what it is that you, things like that. Because me being a Christian, I truly do want someone that's going to be, like, of Christ and um, seeking that, seeking Christ. And so some people may ask, you know, um, what is it that you are attracted to or something like that? That might be a little secular-like. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Um, I understand people do different things differently. The paths are different. But... I just have to say, kind of you, you already kind of touched this up. Before you even um, go with anybody, you should get to know that person. Absolutely. You cannot go off emotion because this is where we fall. We fall off emotion in the beginning, and we think that they're all perfect and everything. And then three months after you guys are dating, you see all these things that are flaws. You do not – the yoke does not match. Absolutely. And it starts – it really hurts your heart because when, you, when, when it doesn't work out, you're actually – it's breaking a piece of you. You're, it's a spiritual bond. And so it actually it really does affect you, and you have to restart again. Absolutely, and I totally agree with that. That's even myself. It took me a long time mm-hmm. to finally meet godly girls because I was seeing things in their lives that just were like, 
what are you doing? They were doing underage drinking parties, taking bets of when they were losing their virginities with other, and I was one of the guys that they were trying to take a bet on. Right, right. And it was like, it was sick. It was multiple girls in this youth group, and uh, the, many people have wondered, like, why have you been single for this one? That's why. I felt like God was telling me to stay away. Mm-hmm. And so it it's sad, but it's really, really hard, guys, I'm telling you. To find somebody that is actually a Proverbs 21 woman. Right, exactly. And you know what? I can see why a lot of times that, because I actually had to learn the hard way in my past. If she broke my heart and things, it just really tore me apart. And, and God slowly began to heal up that wound. And now it's a scar that I've come to reflect on. I am not going to do that ever again. I am not willing to go back and do that. It was just such a bad thing to do. Um, but with that being said, a lot of us do that. And it's like, man, and so what you do is you're rushing things, expecting things are going to happen the way you, you see it or hope it will be. And then what happens is it falls and it just, we get shattered again. Um, It's a relapse. And so like Ryan said, it's really important to just really um get to know the person, take your time. And if you wait patiently, I promise you, God will reward you. Absolutely. Patience is key. Patience is love, as it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 13. Right. What is love? That's it right there in a nutshell. Patience. It's not boastful. It's not anger. It's none of those things. And so a lot of a lot of guys that are Christian try to date in college. I've seen this. And they try to date secular girls. Right. It doesn't work because secular women think that because you don't have sex, sexual relations with them that you don't love them or you don't like them. That is so sad because in relationship, the, the person that I'm talking to now, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's discontentment. Mm-hmm. And so many people are, don't know, understand when I say that, it's discontentment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have to do those things. Right. Because we're both, we're both focused on our purity. And that's true love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. We've got to be focused on our purity. And when we find that right individual is that you don't have to do all those secular things. There's no rush. Mm-hmm. And everyone I tried to date that was not truly pure and Christian, I feel like I had to do all these things, all these just like things I didn't even want to do. Mm-hmm. Just because I knew it would offend that person if I didn't. So like, example, wouldn't you say a lot of uh, girls today, even in the church sometimes, uh, see things in modern media that they should do that in their relationships. Yep, and it's so true. It's so sad because I see this everywhere. It's it's everywhere. There's not. It's very few. There's very few that actually do it the right way, like God says. Um, but you guys have to see. I understand that a lot of people can't see this. Um, they're still probably gonna listen to their emotions and probably look at other people's philosophies and what their friends are doing, maybe what their mom was doing be- before. You guys have to realize that it's what God has been telling us to do. It's not about what they're doing. It's about what God's told us to do and how to do it. Um, and so when you begin to have a renewing of the mind, you have a better understanding. You begin to see things differently. Your perspective on life is completely different. And then you handle it the correct way. And, and that's why a lot of majority of society is, is falling short. They're all brokenhearted. They're all having problems. They, everyone I've seen is having problems. Yes, we all have problems to an extent, but a lot of these people have the, the same problems going on pornography um you know just drugs just uh depression suicide and it's promoted everywhere and so it's very hard but if you guys just continue to just do what's right and do it the right way and be patient which is key um you will get the reward that you were wanting and seeking absolutely and it even says in proverbs those that find a godly woman 
and a godly wife is actually a good thing. Yeah, they find a good thing. And that's what I'm saying, guys. It's I know it's so difficult to find somebody that's pure, that's godly, that is living according to the word of Jesus Christ. And it's so hard because when we're talking to girls, at especially like at church, we think, we assume, I've done this, I'm not sure if you have, you probably have done this too, oh, they all must be godly. Oh, I know, I've done that, I know. <laughs> so when you're talking to a godly a godly woman, uh, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that when we finally meet that pure person, it's scary. Right, because you're not used to that. Absolutely. And it's because we've been manipulated by the Jezebel so many times. Oh, yeah. And tell me, I know you've encountered a lot of Jezebels in your life, and what are the warning signs that you can give these young men and young girls out there that, that don't want that type of individual in their life? Um, the Jezebel-type spirits, like, usually the people that are, they're a lot of makeup. I'm going to be honest. They actually are wearing a lot of makeup, and they really want to just try to, they use their looks as if it's a way of me to draw me in. And I'm not going to lie, it's, a, it's another lustful thing. They know that I'm going to probably lust, and I really think they're pretty. But I think it's very important. Not, and they wear things that are not uh, like what a godly woman would wear. They're wearing things like crop tops that show their breasts and everything like that, and, and just like booty shorts. And they're wearing this in churches. <laughs> I mean, it just shows how lost people are in, in their own churches where this is happening. So a lot, that's really what's going on. I mean, that really is what takes captive of this guy's mind. We go off emotion, and we start lusting. And they and they may not know it. Maybe they actually don't know it, but they actually are dressing like that, and it and it shows. And so, we're gonna go off emotion sometimes, and that's how they take captive of my mind personally. That's how they get me. Absolutely, and that's the thing we got to be careful is to someone that's manipulative. That's their religion, right? It's their whole entire playbook of what who they are, and as Christians, especially at work, man, that's I tell bad. you what. I've had, I st again, I still feel like every time a girl is just talking to me at work, not a customer or anything, but like somebody, a co-worker, mm -hmm. female co-worker, like at, at the break room, I still have to say, hey, I'm seeing this person, yada, 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 or like, I just mention it briefly, and the look on their face is like, they don't believe me. Right. And yet they still back away, because they know that, yes, I care about this individual. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. It's just, it's very hard. They're perfidious. They're deceitful. Exactly. Absolutely. And so as a Christian co male co-worker, how would you, what would be the best thing for young men in this audience that are like in a relationship right now mm -hmm. or just starting to date somebody or they say they like somebody that's pure and they feel that connection happening, how can they protect themselves at work from female co-workers? Like, like you just got to think of that person that you're with. Are you talking about when they're in a relationship? Well, just anyone. Why? Any person. Really, what I do is I just think of that person that I want I want in my life. I'm not willing to jeopardize that. It's like my motivation, my inspiration of just remembering who that person is that I truly want. When there's a girl that happens to be, maybe I'm, I'm for a moment, being deceited. I'm just deceitful. I'm just being lustful in a way, and I'm just like, and I know I'm being attacked. Um, I walk away instantly walk away i don't care if you have to tell her hey hang on i gotta um i'm gonna go do something real quick walk away get out of there because they like to distract you so they can attack you and if you listen to your feelings they'll steal your healing do not go off emotion and feelings it would just it ruins everything absolutely and 
that's the thing too. There's so many people that don't understand sexual morality. Right. And so example, like what I just mentioned previously. So like if you're dating somebody or you're both, you both confirm that you want to spend time together, mm-hmm. not even necessarily in a relationship yet, but you feel that person's name almost engraved in your heart already. Right. So like it get it's crazy. I've had this happen to me like at work is again, girls start talking to me or like, just random, like random. I feel that name getting louder and louder and louder. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. just because it's your. That's the one. Yeah. It's just that's love, and that's what I know. I have to wait for that because obviously it takes you. You don't. You don't. I don't know that yet. If I don't know that, then I obviously don't have that. So I have to wait and just understand that in time, in God's time, which is the perfect timing, I will receive that if it's truly what. Um, if he wants me to have that, if I seek that as well, but it's, I know what you're saying is true love. That is true love and the right love. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying, guys. It took me so long for just praying about it and writing down what I, just what I want in a godly person. And I'm just saying is that even if you're just starting out dating, like you, like I mentioned, you confirmed that you both want to spend time together. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the start of a relationship right there. That's huge. And that's something that is pure, that is, that Satan will try to take away from you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to get to the core of, is say someone is being tempted to do it, or whatever it is. I, I feel that, or you, or probably you've done this, mm-hmm is pray instantly instantly and accountability is huge i mean i have that brother that i just call if i'm in a situation like that that's why i say it's important to get in a program in a group if you're if you're struggling with this but um you you need to get you need to pray and you need to just either get out of dodge get out of there um because really i would just get out like run swim away (laughs) and but really you really need to take it serious because if you if you just let it feed a little bit more it begins to take captive of your mind, and then you're gonna fall for it in lust. Well, and that, and that's the thing too. So many kids that are that are like ten and eleven. These are kids, ten, eleven years old. I know. Are losing their virginities, and and that's not even high school yet. And for me, is when I had I had my first kiss at twenty one years old. And I, but again, because the person was secular, I w- I didn't I was a Christian. But I wasn't a strong Christian like I am today, mm-hmm. and being refined by the Holy Spirit, I felt violated when she kissed me, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm saying I'm waiting. I I'm actually waiting to kiss my wife at, on our wedding day. I'm saving that because I don't want to feel that violation again. Right. So, would you say that that is a conviction from God to tell me to 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 tell somebody that to wait? Oh, that's absolutely God telling you. Instantly, he's telling you to wait because I'm going to give you more than you you even think you, you're going to have. I'm going to give you more than you expected, and and I just know that because God does that with me even when if I talk to a girl, simply just a friend. I know a lot of you guys have these friends, and it's not really friends. You guys friends of benefits. That is not what God called us to do. Absolutely, that not. is completely wrong. It is completely oh sin. It is just it, you're actually doing things completely wrong. God did not tell you to do it like that, and you're just making it. You're going off emotion. Absolutely. And there's a lot of, I'm probably going to tick off a lot of people in this audience right now. Oh, yeah. 
is feminism. Oh, I know. Yeah. Feminism is ruining the fa- the family unit. It's not equally yoked. In fact, I just I forgive me for not uh, saying the scripture properly, but I honestly believe that we're supposed to both submit to each other mm-hmm. and not be overpowering each other. Right. Absolutely. And so that's what equally yoked means. Exactly. So what I'm saying is when we are being convicted outside the home with like feminism, mm-hmm. things like that, I feel like men today can't even date because of that. Right. Because girls will say that, oh, you sexually assaulted me and I didn't even touch you. Right. And that is a real problem Especially, I see that in young couples. Like, I don't want to do this. Or even the girl is more overpowering than the man. Oh, yeah. I see that. I saw that in a couple just last night at a group. And I understand that that is not normal. But on a side note, it's like the the people are not woken up. Right. And if the man was true, the man was a truly godly person. The female was a truly godly person. They would see that and not and not realize. I had a friend of mine when they would get into an argument, would immediately he immediately took her hand. I saw this and they they would pray together. That's it, how it's supposed to be. Exactly. And have you have you ever made a list yet of like what I'm looking for? What you're looking woman? for? Exactly. Absolutely. God is. I've I've wrote out to God on a piece of paper what it is that I'm, I'm trying to find in a girl. Um, and if she doesn't meet those requirements, it's not going to probably work. It's my, it's because that's my yoke. I have to have the equal an equal yoke. Um, so you guys, just be patient. Take your time. Don't rush things. We're very young. A lot of people are very young just rushing things. I think they try to find their spouse at like such a young age. Oh, absolutely. 16. I mean, not even younger. Absolutely. And what, for me, I feel like even at my age, 23 years old, I'm still young. Oh, we are, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, you don't want to rush into sexual relations. No. You shouldn't, as a matter of fact. So when you feel that Satan is trying to tell you, oh, do this to her, do that to her, that's wrong. Right. Purely wrong. Even if it's for pleasurable purposes. That's just flesh. Exactly. Exactly. That's pleasures of the flesh. I'm not. And the only time that sex is should be out of joy it should be out of love joy and intimacy right and there's a big difference between just regular sex and sex out of love right big difference and that sex out of love is reserved for marriage right amen so i've seen couples that wait and believe me guys it's such a beautiful thing because you know that that person's not been defiled you've not been defiled and you feel better about yourselves and Christ is in the center of your relationship, and still is after marriage. Mm. You actually should still work on your... I'm talking to married couples now. You can still work on your guys' purity after marriage. Right. During marriage. Mm. So that Mm post-marriage. That post-marriage is even more important because your ability... It starts in the home. Right. So then you can be stewards to your children. So one more question before we wrap it up is what do you feel now like do you feel that the lord's where do you feel like the lord's leading you right now the word the lord has been reading me to his word i've been just reading his word lately um and he's telling me you know with time he will reveal that person to me but it's not like i'm gonna just go find her she will find me 
And I know that might sound weird, I, I, but that's what God has told me personally. Um, and so I'm just patiently waiting. And I know I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might. And I know that God is going to do what it is he plans to. And so I'm just taking my time and I'm reading his word and getting my relationship with him um, better. And I just want to begin to know God more and myself and how I work and renewing my mind because I still have problems I'm, I still am, am working on. I think we all do. But um, it's very important to work on that area of bondage. It's very important so that you can have the right relationship with the right person. Exactly. And these addictions can cause intimacy issues. Right. They can cause you to be afraid because what's funny, what, I, what I've learned is when I have that intimacy issue panic attack, I know that that person is getting closer to me. Right. And it's my mind telling me to stay away, but I fight that and say, no, I'm going to go like a bug to uh, the bug life. You know? <laughs> That's what I do. And so, and then every time I do that and just face that intimacy head on, I don't feel that panic anymore. Right. Because that's Satan trying to tell me, this person's mad for you, this person's mad, but in reality, they're probably really good for you. Oh, yeah. And Satan knows that. Right. And doesn't want you to have that. Doesn't want you to have that joy. And brings on the storms in your life. It could be from a coworker. It could be from your parents. It could be from that person's parents. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. But you know that you're supposed to spend time with that individual. I can't explain it. It's really weird. But you can be in a crowd of people. Say like 30, 40 people in a small group or something. and Or wherever you're at. Church. Whatever. And you meet that person. It's weird. When you're looking in their eyes, everybody just kind of fades in the background. Right. That's true love. Absolutely. And when you do when you do that, it's kind of funny, too. Everyone knows they don't want to break that. Oh, no, you don't. Because <laughs> you know it's the one. It's absolutely. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I, I'm trying to teach people with this Q&A the importance of just being around Christians, the importance of sharing the truth of the gospel and you'll be blessed mm. and so i hope that the people will be listening to this and we're about to wrap it up and i hope that you'll gain wisdom from this q a and richard i hope you grow more and more Amen. and together we'll grow more and more and if you again are struggling with addiction you're struggling with whatever it is please feel free to message message holy truth uh, message me anytime, and we'll pray pray for you. We'll share scripture together and build each other up in Christ. That's what this podcast is for. There's no self-glorification here. There is none of that here. So I'm going to wrap it up now. We're going to pray together and just receive the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that is within it. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being with us today. And blessed be the day that you have made, and we are blessing that now and glorifying your name in everything we do. And we are hardworking. We are not lazy. Lazy laziness is detestable to the Lord Jesus Christ. And within laziness is addiction. We are breaking those chains of addiction and making sure that Satan's assassin does not kill us mm -hmm. or kill any other Christians or kill the unbelievers. We have to. Share the word of the Lord Jesus Christ with those that are in our daily lives. And I, ho I hope the Lord will be with all of you and protect you throughout the week. And this is Holy Truth Ministries and Ryan the Evangelist. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.